Well, welcome to The Impact of Leadership. This is Patrick Booth, CEO, and I am doing Leadership Exposed episode number five, which is titled Work-Life Balance. Now, what in the heck does that mean? Well, I'm not that smart, so I had to look it up because, you know, in my mind, I thought, yeah, I know what that means. I'm like, do I really? Probably not. It actually is time spent at work versus time spent at home or in other activities outside of work. Well, if you're like me, I've been doing this for about 22 years. What in the heck is life like outside of work? I don't know, running kids around to activities. Maybe you're going and doing projects at home. Maybe you're taking care of your parents or you're doing something uh, for somebody else. But I took forever to realize what it meant to have a work-life balance. And the whole reason why we're doing Leadership Exposed is for several reasons. But number one, let's just get to this. I'm going to say this every single time. I hope you believe me. I want you to be better than me. I do this because I care. And I want to share my mistakes with you. Listen, life is messy. It's not perfect. I am not a robot. I've had to learn the hard way, which success, uh, that is not your greatest teacher. It's actually your failures, right? That's what I've heard. It's not that I enjoy that. All right, let me get that out there. I do not enjoy failing. In fact, quite often when I'm in it, I don't think I am failing until like I look at it several years later. I look back. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was failing at that. That would suck. That was awful. That wasn't fun. Why did I hit my head so hard against the wall? Why did I do that? It's not until I actually learn from somebody else or I actually, years later, after lots of mistakes, I realize, oh yeah, this is a not the right way to do it. So my whole goal in Leadership Exposed in this series, number to put up five, is to continue to share with you. Now in episode number four, I shared with you some of my internal mistakes that I've done as a leader. Well, I'm going to keep this train going and I'm going to keep putting myself on the hot seat. I'm going to talk about how I have failed at having a work-life balance. I did a post recently on LinkedIn when I went to Cabo with my wife and my son, one of my sons. Uh, it's his 13th birthday this year, and we always, my wife came up with this, a plan to try to do something big for each of our kids. I have three kids, and I have one bonus kid, my nephew, that uh, has been part of our life fully for the last six years. And our goal is to do something big in their birthdays when it's significant. You can't do that every time. And I don't care, you know, you can do anything. You can take them to a special place. Uh, you can, you know, make something stand out. But what you're talking about is being intentional with them. And so we took our son to Cabo. Never been there before, is a great experience. But in my post on LinkedIn, thank you, uh, rabbit trail here, I wanted to make sure I explained that I struggled with this for many, many years. And that's what got me to think about doing this podcast and this subject matter of work-life balance. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about where I messed up. Uh, I know what I'm doing now and people are like, wow, he's really got it figured out. No, I don't, not even close, but let's talk about it. So work-life balance, why is it so freaking hard to do that? All right, number one for me, I wrap my identity in my jobs, my positions. And I say that because it gave me a feeling of success. I was able to provide at work. I had people responsible for that that were reporting to me and I was in charge of being their leader. I had to be focused. And I thought, well, hey, I'm providing for my family, which is true. You should care about your job with passion in 110% because that's what we we want, right? We want to give everything we have. If you're a leader out there, you know what I'm talking about. You don't do anything half-hearted. You actually pour everything into it. The only problem with it is 
you can lose yourself into it. And I sure did. As I got promoted uh, into different positions each time, I think my first position was in 2005 when I became a director. And then we had our daughter, my first child in 2006. Well, I didn't realize at that time how much I was throwing myself into my job. In fact, my wife, um, which I'm going to have on the podcast sometime because I think it'd be really cool for you all to hear a little bit on her side of what it's like to be um, my wife and an executive and an owner's wife and uh, very different uh, for her than my mom. Uh, my mom was part of my dad building CCB Technology, which is our main company. Uh, the Impact of Leadership, though, is my new project that I've been doing with Steve Shear. And my wife can tell you what it's like to be the second generation wife. Um, this wasn't my passion necessarily to start something uh, Impact Leadership is, but she's been part of the journey with me growing my career path at this one company, CCB Technology, and trying to figure out a way to help support me. But also at the same time, we had little kids. Uh, when my dad started CCB, uh, I was in seventh grade and my sister was in high school, completely different than what we got going on. So, you know, I did not do good at this work-life balance. And even though I had a kid, it made things even messier for my wife and for myself because it wasn't just us now. It was, oh, we have a baby. And I came home every night uh, at six o'clock. That was my goal was to be home at six o'clock. I was not good at it. That's another thing we got to talk about, which is boundaries. Um, I, if you're going to have work-life balance, you've got to have boundaries. And it's really difficult, especially in today's time when we have that thing called an iPhone or whatever you're using out there. Work never stops. And I know it's always been a, a thing, even when my dad, he didn't have a cell phone in his pocket, but he never got stopped with calls coming into the house. And he always had to check his email or his fax machine or his computer, whatever was going on. It never stopped, you know? And so it, this is nothing new, having a work-life balance. It's been difficult ever since we started having to work along with having a life outside of work. But again, coming back to why is it so hard? Identity. It's easy to find that success. It's easy to understand that you care. It's your passion. It's something you can control. I thought about this. You know, controlling things outside of work is very difficult. Um, when I'm in work, it's what I can do. It's what I can be over. It's what I can manage in my day. But outside of that, you know, it can be very difficult to feel like you're managing it well. And so I've wrapped myself into what can I control? And I also told my wife, listen, if I don't jump in there and if I don't do my job, then I hold up everyone else. So then I was justifying of, I have to do this. I have to be working all the time because I am letting everyone else down. And that is real. That can feel heavy on your heart and on your mind and your soul. So you've got to be able to understand though, what happens if you're not around? Does the company fall apart? Well, I sure hope not. And if that, if you're like, yeah, the company's going to fall apart. Well, then here's where I'm going to tell you, you have a problem. If everything rests on your shoulders alone to show up every day, 365 days every day, and your company's going to fail or your department's going to fail because you don't show up, there's a problem. And you've got to fix that in 2024. You have to, because you cannot guarantee that you're going to be there every day and the company can't fail because you're not there. So again, you have to take steps just like I did. So as I was struggling with work-life balance, I had to learn from others. As I said, I made a lot of mistakes and through my mistakes is how I've learned. 
Uh, and I was in a, and I am in a CEO group. I'm in several CEO groups actually. Now, either that means that I really have a lot of problems in learning from other people, or I'm actually out there trying to get a different view from different people, which is what I'd like to believe I'm doing. And so in this one group out of Milwaukee, um, I had several guys talk about their family trips. And I was about nine years ago, I started hearing about them taking all these family trips. And they're a little bit older than me. They're, they're not that much older, but a little bit. And their kids are older. And I realized I came home from my, to my wife and I was like, oh my gosh, all these trips these people are talking about with their families, we don't do that. The only trips we do is we go visit your family in East Tennessee, which we love, the kids loved, but there's nothing that we're doing just our family with intention. In fact, when I went to East Tennessee, I always found my little spot on the corner of the couch. I'd get my laptop out and I would work the entire vacation. And here's the sick part. I actually looked forward to it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to catch up now. I'm not in meetings. I can actually go through all my 1200 emails and catch up. But there was no rest for me. Everything was wrapped up into my job. My identity was about my job. And that wasn't healthy. I wasn't building a life outside of work. Now, the sad part is I had a dad who taught me how to have a balance. Now, he and I are different. We're a lot alike, but we're a little different. But one of the things he did teach me was being there for your family. My dad traveled international for most of his life until he started CCB. That was the first time he actually was home for dinner at night. He worked in Illinois for a lot of his uh, career when I was growing up, which meant he left early and came home late because you got to avoid rush hour. And it was about an hour and half drive one way. And he did that for many, many years. But one of the things he always did was when we had a sporting event, which was quite often, he made sure he would be home for that. He never missed a sporting event. Uh, he might've missed one or two. To be honest, in my mind, he never missed one. So that says something. Let's just focus on that. In my mind, in my childhood, when somebody says, was your dad there? Yeah, he was there. And he did whatever it took to get home. He would take red eyes from England to just get home so he could be there. That's amazing, right? He bought a boat and we kept a boat in our local area. Why? Because he didn't want to go far away. He wanted to be at home he knew he had responsibilities to take care of the house because, you know, he was traveling, but he still had a job duty at home to take care of the house, but he wanted something to bring our family to. And so he bought a boat. Now you and I both know if you ever have had a boat, it is a lot of money to invest into and it's a lot of work, but it did bring our family together. He did plan trips as well. Um, we would do it uh, quite a few to go visit family in the East coast, but we also would do special things as we got older on spring breaks. He took me to sporting events when uh, I wanted, he saw a team that I was interested in and he would take me there intentionally. He took my sister and I on a business trip when my mom had to go travel for her ministry work. He took us with us to, took us to Canada. We went to Niagara Falls. He didn't make us be a burden. He actually wrapped us up in his world. Now, again, he didn't do that very often, but he did do it and it made an impression on me. You see, again, my dad was teaching me not with words, but through actions of how to have a work-life balance and to focus on what matters. You know, it's not easy. And I want you to know that anything I say today is not me saying, oh, I got it all figured out. It's the opposite. Please hear me when I say this. It is not easy being a leader at home 
and work. It's not. And the more you add onto your plate in your leadership role, in both worlds, it's going to be difficult. But you can do it. But it has to be done with intention. As Steve Shear says constantly, no one drifts into excellence. If you want to be excellent in having a work-life balance, then you have to do that with intention and purpose. Now, how do we do this? Oh, man, that's the million-dollar question, right? Well, I'm going to tell you a couple things and, and what we can do to help you get there and also why it's important, okay? Um, number one, why is it important? Mental health. You've got to be able to be aware of how to handle stress in your life. Stress is like a wave that just keeps crashing over you on top over and over and over. It can affect your mind. It can affect your attitude. It can affect your self-worth. It can even affect you getting out of bed. You've got to be able to breathe. A wave that keeps crashing over you and on top of your head constantly means you're going to drown. I just got back from Cabo, as I said, and we and my son and I went snorkeling and we were out in the water. And there was a couple of times, I'm not kidding, mostly when I was trying to get out, the waves were just crashing on me and I was struggling to get up mostly because of the sand, but also the waves were just powerful and just falling on top of me. And I just had to work as hard as I could to get up and get out. And then I could breathe and I felt safe. Well, mental health is real and you've got to be able to protect yourself. So having a work-life balance, it gives you protection. It gives you air in your lungs. It also gives you commitment to want to keep going. You know, it's easy to get burned out. We talk about that all the time. What the heck does that mean? Well, in my world, burnout is I don't think I can take another step forward. I don't think I have anything else to give. I'm exhausted. I'm ready to collapse. I don't want to keep going. I want to check out. I want to quit. You know, if you can do a work-life balance, it gives you great mental health awareness. It gives you a purpose and a commitment to want to keep going. It also gives you that endurance. You know, saying I'm committed, that's great verbally, but how do you physically keep going? Well, you can do that again by filling your soul with something else besides something that drains. You know, you've heard this probably phrase many times in leadership, you can only give what you have. Well, that's how you keep endurance going. You have to find a way to fill up your, your, your tank. You wouldn't drive your car completely on empty and not refill it and expect to be able to get to where you want to go, right? No. When the little light comes on saying low fuel, you do something about it. Well, you've got to be able to have self-awareness to understand when you're running low and what can you do to fill your tank up? Productivity. If you can have a work-life balance, I promise you, you will be more productive in both work and home because you have the energy, you have the good mental state, you feel committed. That means your production is going to be up and more engagement. You're going to want to do it. You're going to want to show up. You know that feeling that people always talk about? Oh, Monday. Oh, it's such a Monday. I got such the Mondays. I think that was in a movie. Uh, you probably know what I'm talking about, uh, Office Space. Um, I got the Mondays. You know what? If you're taking care of yourself and having a work-life balance, I don't think that's going to happen. Now, that doesn't take away the stress. It doesn't take away your to-do list. Not at all. I'm not going to say that but it gives you a reason to want to get up and get back at it because you've had a break. You've had air in your lungs. So again, why is work-life imbalance important? Number one, mental health. 
Two, your commitment. Three, endurance. Four, your production, your productivity. And last, your engagement. All very important. Now, how do you get those things? Now we know why it's important, but how do you do that? Okay, glad you asked. So at work, what can you do to help give yourself a balance? Well, number one, I think you've got to be able to take small breaks. This is something that I had learned the hard way. Again, my mistakes. When COVID happened, I stayed in my desk chair for like six hours at a time. Huh, that's not healthy. In fact, you know what happens when you do that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you what happens. You get a blood clot. That's what happened to me. I ended up getting a blood clot in my leg. And that's a whole mess of a story that I'll have to get my wife on the podcast to talk about as I was trying to travel and hide it from her. Not good. Be better than me. But if you take small breaks and get up from your desk, it will help you breathe. Remember, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to breathe so you can do more. At work, set goals, baby steps. Remember the movie in the 80s called What About Bob? I think it was the 80s, maybe early 90s, either way. Uh, Bill Murray. It is about taking baby steps. So in order to be able to not get so overwhelmed that you feel like you can't breathe, you've got to be able to set up goals, but also baby steps to help you hit those goals. Okay? You want to be more efficient with your time. Be disciplined. Set up boundaries. Be able to focus. Now, there's a lot of ways to focus. Some people put on music. Some people put on quietness. I will tell you this. This is one of the best things you can do. I am just starting to do this in my life right now. And others who have done it, I made fun of them. I'm going to be honest. I made fun of them. I'm like, dude, why do you do that? But it's really important. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. Just do it. Just do it and see what happens to actually be away from your phone. And if you're like, Patrick, that doesn't work, then put your phone in the other room. You know, I get it. It is an addiction to look at your phone constantly. And you're like, well, my kids might need me. You're right. Your kids might need you. So I'm not saying you do it when your kid is away from you because they might need to call you. But when your kid is in the other room, you don't need to have your phone next to you. Okay. Now you're just making excuses. But put on something or take away something, but give yourself quietness or focus. I personally like music. It helps me be able to just get away and just focus on what I'm working on. If you also want to do well with having work be productive in the time that you're doing it, communicate well. People are not in your head. So if you need things from people, communicate well and set deadlines. This is when I need it by. And then let them go do it. Follow up with them at the right time, but don't constantly be running yourself ragged where you can't get anything done because you're not communicating well. Communicate, set expectations, and then go work on the things that are most important to you. Now, this is my list. I'm not saying this is perfect, okay? This is my list. You can take what you want with it. As Steve Shear also says, again, if you're not listening to Steve Shear, you're missing out. He has great things. Eat the meat and spit out the bones. Yep, I'm gonna say it again. Eat the meat and spit out the bones. Take what you like and keep it. Spit out what you don't like. I'm not gonna get offended. That's your choice. All right, at home, how do you do a work-life balance at home? Number one, be there. Unplug from your cell phone or your computer. You're like, but Patrick, you don't understand. My boss expects me to answer anytime. Then you have a boss who doesn't understand work-life balance and doesn't value your work-life balance. That's the truth. I'm not saying go quit your job. Not saying that. All I'm saying is you need to find a way 
to really have a discussion with your boss to say, I need to be able to unplug when I'm at home. I need to be able to, um, and I do that. I come home and I have dinner and I do not look back at my computer until the kids go to bed. So, oh, that's my timer going off saying I'm talking 20 minutes. So I'm going long. I got to keep going. Number two, um, divide and conquer responsibilities at home. You need to be able to go home and you need to be able to talk to your partner and say, how do we split the responsibilities? This is difficult. My wife and I have really struggled to understand what our roles are in our marriage, and but we are getting better at it. Uh, I'm proud to say uh, we're 22 years married, uh, been to marriage counseling about five times in our marriage counseling uh, career. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but we have put work into it and we're still trying to figure it out. But I think we're doing finally better to understand our roles. Don't overcommit. It's okay to say no to things. It's also important that you don't say no to everything. I used to do that. I used to say yes to everything that when somebody else asked me and I used to say no to my wife on everything. That's backwards. That try to be better, definitely be better than me on that one. Don't say yes to everyone else and no to your spouse. Big problems. That's how I ended up in marriage counseling. Um, Make sure you get out there and exercise. Now, I'm not saying you have to go run five miles. I'm saying get out there and walk. Get out there and get a walk. Get vitamin D. There's something really important, especially um, as you have a lot of stress on you. You need to be able to put that kind of things in your life. Again, all of this is about being intentional and with purpose to have work-life balance. You need to have a healthy mind. You need to have commitment in work and home. You need to be able to endure. You need to be able to be productive and you need to have engagement in both, but you can't do everything well without having time to breathe. I share these things with you because I want to encourage you, equip you, and help you excel. This is the impact of leadership and we want you to be better than us. We want you to know you are not alone and that we're doing this together because we care. Nobody drifts into excellence, but we truly believe we can do this together. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day.